0: dead situation that you've given up on have just thrown in the towel God says if you will repent and turn it over to me I will help you to live again in every area of your life I believe when the Bible says in John 10 and 10 Jesus quoted he says the thief cometh not but to steal to kill and to destroy but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly and so I'm ready to live the abundant life how about you Everybody say, it's time to live again. Glory to God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, and then we're going to flip back to Ezekiel, the 23rd chapter, and move, uh, survey the rest of this book, because God has given us some things to to contemplate, to think about. But before we go back there, because I want you to realize the importance of the Old Testament Scripture. There are many people in some churches and some denominations who discard the Old Testament as if it is not relevant. But the Old Testament is critical for us to understand because it gives us a window and the picture into God's plan that he had all along for mankind. You cannot fully and completely understand the New Testament until you have an understanding of the old. Can I get a witness? So look here in Paul's letter to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 10 chapter, verse number 6. If you guys can put that up right right quick. 1 Corinthians 10 chapter, verse number 6. I want to read here to emphasize the importance of studying Old Testament Scripture. And as we've been talking about it's time to live again, we're looking at God's people who were exiled in Babylon, and we're looking at the reason why, and we're going to delve a little bit more into that uh, this morning. The text says here, These things happen as a warning to us so that we would not crave evil things as they did. Verse number 7 says this, Or worship idols as some of them did. As the scriptures say, the people celebrated with feasting and drinking and they indulged in pagan revelry. Verse number eight, it says this, and we must not engage in sexual immorality as some of them did, causing 23,000 of them to die in what? One day. The text goes on to say this, uh, nor should we put Christ to the test as some of them did and then died from snake bites. Verse number 10, and don't grumble as some of them did. How many of y'all been grumbling and complaining? Yeah, I didn't get one amen, but I know some of y'all have been grumbling, man. And don't grumble as some of them did and then were destroyed by the angel of death. Next verse says this. Uh, These things happened to them as examples for us. They were written down to warn us who live at the end of the age. Now, go to Ezekiel, the 23rd chapter. And as we get into this 23rd chapter, again, we see here, As Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, he lets us know that the things that happened to Israel, the things that happened to Judah, Brother Calvin, were were written down as examples for us. They were written down so that we could learn from their lives. They were written down so that we can see how God deals with his people. They were written down for our instruction and for our admonition. Now, again, when we go to this 23rd chapter, we're going to start at verse number 1 of Ezekiel 23, this chapter is similar to chapter 16 in that it, of Ezekiel in that it, it depicts the history of the nation of Israel and its falling away from the Lord. Uh, in both of those chapters, 16 and 23, the image is that of prostitution. The nation breaking her marriage vows and like a harlot or like a whore turning to others for help. Now watch this. Now I guess, guys, when we get into this, this, this gets a little racy. And so, but I want you to follow along with me because God uses this illustration. He also, remember we talked about the fact that he used Ezekiel in some very unique ways. And Ezekiel would use imagery. He would use props. He would use all kinds of things to make sure that the message that God wanted to get to his people was getting to them plain and clear. Everybody say plain and clear. How many of you know that God wants you to have a plain and a clear understanding of the message when you leave church? God don't care about you getting up shouting to my, sad Rev. And then by the time Rev get through hollering and screaming and kicking and standing on the piano, you don't know what Rev talked about. But you were excited. Excitement don't result in changed living. God wants you to understand he used Ezekiel in a very unique way. In illustrating and demonstrating uh, his message to his people, so watch this. Okay, we're going to get into this, um, and, and 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 we see this. The 16th chapter. If you go back and study that when you get home, the sin that they dealt with was idolatry. In other words, they were trusting the false gods of the pagans. Uh, while in this 23rd chapter, uh, the sin is trusting other nations to protect her rather than trusting God. In this chapter, you go, you you go find both Israel, which is the northern kingdom. And Judah, which is the southern kingdom, playing the harlot and looking for help from Assyria, Babylon, and Egypt instead of trusting Jehovah God to guide them and to rescue them. I've want to. I got to ask you a question. How many of you sitting here today are looking to the government to, to rescue you and provide for you, or are you looking to God? How many of you are looking to your mom and your daddy rather than God to provide for you? See, God is trying to put each one of us in a position to where we trust him totally and completely let's go down through here right quick. So we're going to read quite a bit, but as we go through here, I want you to understand what God is trying to do. He's illustrating through his prophet how he feels about what his people have done to him, all right? Have y'all ever wanted to illustrate how somebody did you bad before? Huh? Have any of y'all ever wanted to act it out? Some of us do act it out, don't we? All right, but listen to what God says here. Now, let's can we roll through here right quick? I'm gonna i to go through, and we're gonna talk a little bit about some of these issues. But I, I need you to hear carefully. Okay, now don't you know this is this is God talking, and He's telling His prophet to speak to His people in a very uh, plain and very uh, 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 you know sexual way. The text says this. This message came to me from the Lord. Can y'all read with me? Let's go. Son of man, once there were two sisters who were daughters of the same mother. Sound like a story, don't it? <laughs> All right, watch this. They became prostitutes in Egypt. Even as young girls, they allowed men to fondle their breasts. The older girl was named Ohala, and her sister was named Ohalabah. If Everybody say Ohala. Ohala, Ohala. 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 Somebody say Ohala. Ohala. Let me holler at you. Okay. <laughs> That wasn't a part of the sermon, okay? I just, I just came to me right away, okay? So the text says the older girl was named Ohala, and her sister was Ohalaba Here's God talking: I married them, and they bore me sons and daughters. I am speaking of Samaria and Jerusalem, for Ohala is Samaria, and ohalaba is what? Is Jerusalem. Now watch this. Then Ohala lusted after other lovers instead of me and she gave her love to the Assyrian officers. They were all attractive young men, captains and commanders dressed in handsome blue, charioteers driving their horses. And so she prostituted herself with the most desirable men of Assyria, worshipping their idols and defiling herself. For when she left Egypt, she did not leave her spirit of prostitution behind. See, let, let me kind of just stop right there for a second. Some of us If we're not careful, some of us came out of the world, but we brought some of our stuff from the world over into the church with us. Some of us, amen, all of us brought some smidgen or some element of our old self into our new life. All right, can, 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 y'all act like y'all don't know what I'm talking about, okay? So, some people brought a little bit of unrighteous anger from the old life into the new life. Yeah, you say, and if you die, you're going to heaven, but you you get, you get a little, uh, you, you just throw it off when you get angry. Hello? Some of you sitting there brought a little cuss from the old life into the new life. Some brought a little a little whoredom from the old life into the new life. You like girls, ladies back then, and you say, and you still like them and hadn't realized that God has a standard for how you deal with the ladies. Some of you brought like men back then, yeah, yeah, and you liked a lot of men and you brought that same likeness over into the church. Can I get a witness right now? So, 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 so. Look at what it says. For when she left Egypt, she didn't leave her spirit of prostitution behind. She was still as lewd as in her youth, when the Egyptians slept with her, fondled her breasts, and used her as a prostitute. Let's keep reading. Watch this now. And so I handed her over to her Syrian lovers, whom she desired so much. Verse number ten says what? They stripped her, took her children as their slaves, and then killed her. After she received her punishment, her reputation was known to every woman in the land. How many know you can get a reputation on you? All of my, all of my young sisters who are going, all of my freshmen in college, uh, just kind of just raise your hand right quick. If you're a freshman or sophomore, or let's say for you, you're, going to school, you're, you're going to school, you're away from school. Let me see your hands. All my ladies, ladies, okay, uh, ladies that are in school, okay, and away from home. Ladies, I, I, I want to warn you. I, I want to warn you. Let me say it again, because some of your parents don't know. Some of, you, some of your parents maybe, maybe didn't get, hadn't been in that culture. But I got to warn you. You don't want to get down there on the college campus and have a reputation. Because reputations travel very quickly. And if you easy, everybody's going to find out. Can I talk to you? The word spreads real fast, especially amongst the football team. Now, I ain't saying that I was, come on now. I'm just telling you what I know. The text says... After she received a punishment, her reputation was known to every woman in the land. Now, keep, keep reading. Let's keep reading. I, I got you. Uh, listen, God just blew my mind when I read this whole chapter. It says, yet even though Aholabah saw what had happened to Ohala, her sister, she followed right in her footsteps. Now, watch this. Watch this. Now, again, look at that. Oh, Ohala represents Israel, whose capital was Samaria. Can I get a witness? And the name meant her tent. And I, I'll talk about it in just a second. Ohalaba represents Judah, whose capital was Jerusalem. And the name meant, my tent is in her. We'll, we'll come back and catch that, okay? The text says this, she followed right in her sister's footsteps, and she was even more depraved, abandoning herself to her lust and prostitution. Listen to a younger sister, younger brother, you ought to learn from your older sister or your older brother. What it says right here is, Ohalabah, Even though she saw what happened to her sister O'Hala, again, this this is all metaphorical, he's talking about the southern and the northern kingdom. God is talking about his people. He says, even though she saw what happened to her sister, she did even worse than her sister. Verse number 12, can we keep reading? She fawned over all the Assyrian officers, those captains and commanders in handsome uniforms, those charioteers driving their horses, all of them attractive young men. Everybody said they weren't ugly. Next verse, let's keep reading. says what? I saw the way she was going, defiling herself just like her older sister. Keep reading. Then she carried her prostitution even further. She fell in love with pictures that were painted on the wall, pictures of Babylonian military officers outfitted in striking red uniforms. Keep going. Handsome belts encircled their waists and flowing turbans crowned their heads. They were dressed like chariot officers from the land of Babylonia. Text says it's when she saw these paintings, she longed to give herself to them. Everybody says she was out there. So she sent messages to Babylonians to invite them to come to her. Verse 17 says, so they came and committed adultery with her, defiling her in the bed of love. After being defiled, however, she rejected them in disgust. 18 says this, come on, I got to go. In the same way, I became disgusted with Ohalaba and rejected her, just as I rejected her sister. This is God talking about his people, his children. It says, because she flaunted herself before them and gave herself to do what? To satisfy their lust. Let's keep reading. It says this. uh, Yet she turned to even greater prostitution, remembering her youth when she was a prostitute in Egypt. Now watch this. She lusted after lovers with genitals as large as a donkeys. I didn't make this up. It's in the Bible. Watch what the text says, okay? The text says, she lusted after lovers with genitals as large as a donkey's And emissions, if you know what emissions are, are ejaculations like those of a horse. Everybody said she was gone. It's in the text. Everybody say it's in the text. Say, pass it and make it up. God is trying to illustrate how far gone his people were. God loves his people, but he hates it when his people turns away from him and start to go to whoring after other gods. Let's keep, keep reading this. i I drop my Bible when I read that, y'all. I, I just, it just fell out of my hand. The text says in verse 21, come on, I got to get it. And so, Ohalaba, you, you relive your former days as a young girl in Egypt when you first allowed your breast to be fondled. Therefore, O Halabah, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will send your lovers against you from every direction. Those very nations from which you turn away in disgust. Watch this. He says, for the Babylonians will come with all the Chaldeans from Pechot and Shoah and Koah, and all the Assyrians will come with them, handsome young captains, commanders, chariot officers, other high-ranking officers, all riding their horses. text says, they will all come against you from the north with chariots, wagons, and a great army prepared for attack. They will take up positions on every side, surrounding you with men armed with shields and helmets, and I will hand you over to them for punishment so they can do with you as they please. Next verse. Let's go. It says, I will turn my jealous anger against you, and they will deal harshly with you. They will cut off your nose and ears, and any survivors will then be slaughtered by the sword. Your children will be taken away as captives, and everything that is left will be burned. Next verse. Let's read it. It says, they will strip you of your beautiful clothes and jewels. In this way, I will put a stop to the lewdness and prostitution you brought from Egypt. You will never again cast longing eyes on those things or finally remember your time in Egypt. What God is saying here, I got to get this stuff out of you. I got to, you brought it over from your time in Egypt, but I got to rid you of this because you belong to me. Can I get a witness? Now, watch this. Can we go back and kind of unpack some of this as we look at our outline here again? Uh, when hearing the word again, Ola, ohala, the name means what? What I tell you, it means what? It means her tent. And it's, again, when hearing the word tent, most Jews would immediately think of the tabernacle where God dwelt with his people. Now, now watch, check this out. The northern kingdom of Israel had its own sanctuary and priesthood in Samaria as well as idols and shrines throughout the land, but that was her tent and not the Lord's tent. Because remember, the tent represented the tabernacle with the presence of God about it. So the northern kingdom, Israel, again, okay, which again is represented by Ohala. Are y'all still tracking with me? They had their own sanctuary and priesthood in Samaria, the capital city. And again, but it was her tent, not the Lord's tent. Everybody say her tent, and not the Lord's tent. However, again, the Mosaic law was still held in the southern kingdom of Judah. Again, Ohalabah represents Judah, whose capital city was Jerusalem, and the name means, my tent is in her. God is saying, my tent is in her. So in other words, in in the southern kingdom of Judah, they still had some semblance of the Mosaic law. Even though it was not always obeyed, And the Leviticus priests were still serving at the temple that Solomon built by God's direction and God's authority. So looking at Jerusalem, even with all her sins, the Lord could still say, my tent is in her. See, some of us sitting here right now, God, even though you you, you messed up royally, even though you've fallen away from God, even though everything ain't quite right, you still are God's child. God can still say, my presence abides in you. God can still say, even though you're not close to me, you still belong to me. I need some help up here. God can say, even though, even though our intimacy has waned, it's not like it was when we first got married. Hello, somebody. Can I, can I use an analogy? See, some of you all have been married for a period of time. When you stop working on your intimacy, you start to fade. And your intimacy is not what it used to be. I got one year, I got one right. Watch this now. You're still living in the same house. Come on now. Still in the same house. Still eating the same food. Maybe eat dinner together, maybe you're not. You just passed through the night, maybe some of y'all are. But you've been married 15, 20, 30, 40 years, but there ain't no intimacy. You're still in covenant relationship, but the, but the fire, the sparkle come on, that needs to be reignited is still kind of fizzled and, and, and just almost gone. But you're still in covenant. God was saying, hey, listen, uh, uh, the, 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 the northern kingdom, they, they, they built a whole new system of worship, and they, they got all these false gods, and they, they're running and chasing after them, so they got her tent. But he still said, oh, Holabah, that name meant my tent is in her. They still had the Mosaic law. They still had the Leviticus priesthood going on, but the the passion and the intimacy was not there. Let me tell you something right now. If you don't work on your intimacy with God, your intimacy will fade. If you don't spend time in God's word, studying the scripture, amen, having that me time with God, your intimacy will fade. Just like if you don't work on your marriage, your intimacy will fade. Some believers think that it's just a matter of getting married then everything just go on as usual. You got to work to make it work. Ever say you got to work to make it work. Look at the neighbor and say, neighbor, work that thing. All right, all right, all right. Hello, somebody. Now watch, watch this, watch this. The glory had departed from the temple, but the temple was still known as God's dwelling place. Let me say it again. Talking about the younger sister, Ohalabot. The glory had departed from the temple, but it was still known as God's dwelling place. Got news for them. Many churches that are still known as God's glory place. I mean God's God's dwelling place, but the glory has departed from the temple. Ichabod is written over the door. The spirit of the God is not in that place. They got good religion, but they don't have no relationship. Many sitting in there, if they were to die, would go to heaven, but there's no intimacy and there's no connectivity to the true and the living God. Still belong to God, but not living a vibrant, uh, God-filled, abundant life. Can I get a witness? So the dwelling place, the temple, the glory had departed from the temple, but the temple was still known as God's dwelling place. Now look look at the outline. The main message the Lord wanted Ezekiel, to get across to the Jewish people. Listen, the main message he wanted to get across to the Jewish people was that he was perfectly just in punishing the kingdom of Judah because of the way they had behaved toward him. And the Lord made three declarations in this chapter. Now, again, we're not going to go all the way through, but look at the declaration he made. Number one, he says, the people of Judah ignored God's warning. I got news for you. Before God brings punishment, he always brings warning. I don't know about you, but when I look back over my life, any time God had to whip me, it was because I ignored his warning. Let me say it one more time. Any time God whipped me, it was because I ignored his warning. How many of y'all can remember back in your childhood when mama or daddy gave you a verbal warning? Before they got the switch, they gave you, Garrett, a verbal warning. <laughs> Dwayne and I were at the car wash the other day talking about how your granddad, Mr. Charlie uh, C. Johnson, I told y'all this before, that man, Sister Marie, could pull a switch, clean it, all the leaves off it quicker than anybody I've ever seen in my life. And the whole time he was walking over there talking, and he was breaking the switch. Psh, psh, psh. It, 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 was, it was it was glory. It was something to be behold. And, and 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 but 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 that came after a verbal warning. That came after after God. I mean after 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 God had led us on and warned us of a plan. Here that you better stop doing what you're doing. Can I get a witness? And so, so many times, guys, we get into a position to where we, we, we don't listen to God's verbal warning. So what God is saying here is the people of Judah ignored my warning. They ignored my warning. So the second thing we see is the people of Judah, oh, if you want to call it that, amen, uh, Sin even more than Israel did, Sin even more than the metaphorical older sister did. Guys, if you see your older brother mess up, don't do the same thing that he did and certainly don't do it at a greater level. So the people of Judah sin even more than Israel. Third thing, the people of Judah will suffer the wrath of God. That's what's being parlayed out in this 23rd chapter. And so we've seen all through Ezekiel how God is warning his people and is trying to tell them if you'll truly repent, God will rescue you. He is our rescuer. Of our subtopic for today is, is God is our rescuer. And he certainly is our rescuer. But God is waiting on us to, 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 to show that we really are serious about getting out of what we're into. Now, listen to me right quick. I'm talking to born-again believers here because God was talking to his people. I'm not really even dealing with unsaved folk here today. So if you're not saved, I mean, when it comes to uh, being God's child, you can't be God's child and be unsaved. Either you're in Christ or you're out. And if you're in Christ and you're messing up, what I'm trying to tell you, it's time to get it right. Because God let the things be written about Israel, about his chosen people, so that we could learn from them. Is that what we said in, in, in the book of First Corinthians, the 10th chapter? Paul wrote and said, These things were written for our admonition. These things were written as examples for us so that we won't make the same mistakes. Amen. I, I, as Mr. T said, I pity the fool <laughs> who sees someone do something crazy and get messed up and go do the same thing and they get messed up. That's foolishness. Amen. If I see you go into the ditch, I don't want to go into the same ditch, so I'm going to turn my car around. Can I get a witness? So those three things he's trying to. Conveying. So, so I guess the last part of our outline here. Can we, can we move through this? And I want to share some scripture with you because this is critically important. So we see God gives that illustration. He gives that illustration of whoredom, of prostitution. Because guys, you realize that, that we, are, we are the bride of Christ and and we are, you know, Jesus Christ is the bridegroom and the church is, 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 is the bride's maid. And so when we think about this, God says we are in covenant relationship with his son. So even us today, God is calling on many of us to stop straddling the fence. God is calling on all of us, amen, to be in a position to where we are pressing in to be intimate with him. It, it makes no sense for us to. To, to live a sinful lifestyle or do something that we know and we've been taught that's wrong and we do it with no remorse. I'm scared of people who can hear a word but just without any remorse don't do it. And don't have any, it, it doesn't even bother them that they're, that they're disobeying God's word. You better check and see if you've really been born again. The Bible that I, that I read from says that, 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 that that's not an accurate statement of salvation when you can sin willfully and unashamedly and without any fear or trepidation and think you're okay with God. God gave this this, this very gross or uh, very, very real live illustration of what he feels like. God said, it feels like to me that you're cheating on me. God said, it feels like to me you've committed adultery on me. And you... you, you <laughs> Not only are you committing adultery, he says you prostitute. Now how many of y'all remember the story of Gomer and Hosea? God gave that as a very vivid illustration of how how his people's actions felt toward him. Uh, God, God, listen to me guys. I don't know about you, but that would be a hard pill to swallow if God told me to marry a prostitute. That's what he told Hosea to do. Y'all remember that? Come on, Bible studies. He told Hosea I'm I'm going to use your life to illustrate how it is my people have pulled away from me. And he married a woman who cheated on him quite often. Are y'all listening to me? And then when she did it, he says, you go and redeem her. You go and buy her back. You go and get this woman and bring her back. What he was illustrating is, is that when my people turn away from me, it feels like that to me. It feels like you're cheating on me. So I wanna ask y'all a question. How many of y'all have been committing spiritual adultery on God? Hello. Here's the the beauty of it though. No matter how vile we've been, God says, if you will turn around, if you'll repent, I'll bring you back into the fold. I'm so thankful that we serve a God who says, I don't care what you've done and where you've been, if you will just draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. We serve a God who's looking to bring us back into his presence. Amen? Now watch, watch. So so, so let's get down to the second part of outlining. So don't give up. It's time to live again. That's what we're going to say. Okay. First thing I want you to consider as we go through, God's pattern is to restore his people after chasing them, chasing them for a period of time. So what does the word chasing mean? Come on, talk to me. It, it, chastening literally means to discipline, to, 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 if you will, let me use this word, whip. Whom the Lord loves, he does what? He chastens or he whips. Why does he do it? Again, no, 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 no whipping from a, a parent who, who has their uh, mind in the right place is done just because you hate the child. It's done because you love the child. The Bible says whom the Lord loves, he chases, he whips. And we see here all throughout the Old Testament where he did it time and time again with his people because he would he would deliver them out of bondage. He would deliver them out of oppression and then they would prosper for a while and God would be blessing them. And then they would they would all of a sudden begin to pull away from God. Just like many in the church today, many of you all, uh, many, many of us, I don't say you all, many of us, as born-again believers, will sometimes pull away from God. Here's the way it normally happens. Uh, When you first get saved, you get excited. You're on fire for the Lord. You're running for Jesus. uh, And you're studying. uh, You're involved. You're connected with your ministry. You're with other brothers and sisters. But all of a sudden, uh, things are going well, and you start to stop. You start uh, missing your Bible study time. You start missing your prayer time because the enemy tells you, well, one day won't hurt. I just, what's, what's, what's one day? Uh, one week won't hurt. What's one week? You know, it, it, everybody needs a break, right? Well, one month is okay. You know, you, you, you're good for 11 out of the 12 months of the year. Uh, what's one month? You know, you, 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 can, you can stay away for one month. Then the next thing you know, it's one year. you coming once a year. Are you coming on Christmas? Are you coming on Easter? Right? Are you coming on Mother's Day or Father's Day? It, 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 you start to drift. Hebrew says it's a drifting. It's not like it's all of a sudden, but you start to drift. Many of us in here have drifted before. How many of y'all have drifted before? In other words, you find yourself out farther from the bank than what you actually realize. Guys, we got to make sure that we stay plugged in and stay connected. Anytime you sit there and and, and you start to get disconnected, you are, are in a position where the enemy can come and drag you away. Stay close to the fire, man. Everybody say, "Stay close to the fire." So, so, but, 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 the first thing I want you to realize is that God's pattern is to restore His people after chastening them for a period of time. Now, go, go with me if you will to uh, Ezekiel the thirty-third chapter, because again, here, here's what I want you to realize: God, God wants us to know that we have to warn especially watchmen, those who are in a watchman-like position, especially a pastor or a spiritual leader, we have a responsibility to warn so that when a person uh, is starting to drift, we speak out and we try to share with them. Guys, i tell you before, my desire in my heart as a pastor is to make sure that you are fully informed about what the Word of God says. And that's going to be up to you to do it, Alexis. It's going to be up to you to do it, uh, um, uh, um, um, uh, uh, Stacy. Vic, it's going to be up to you to do it, but I'm going to tell it. Here's why I'm going to tell it. Watch this, watch this. Uh, Ezekiel 33, watch this right quick. Let's look at verse number one. Ezekiel 33 and verse number one. Once again, a message came to me from the Lord. Ezekiel keeps saying a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give your people this message. When I bring an army against the country, the people of that land choose one of their own to be a watchman. Watch this now. When the watchman sees the enemy coming, he sounds the alarm to warn the people. Ever say the watchman has a job to warn. Now watch this. Then if those who hear the alarm refuse to take action, it's their own fault if they die. All right, watch the next verse. Watch this. They heard the alarm, but they ignored it. Y'all remember uh, when there was Noah and the flood? Noah kept preaching for how many years? 120 years. It's gonna rain. Message got old, people. Man, in, in year 50, they said, "Man, you've been preaching this thing for 50 years. It ain't rain yet. No rain." At, at that point in time, rain, as we know it, coming out out of the clouds, had not been a part. It was not a part of, of water and earth. Mist came up, Amen, from the firmament, and so it had never rained raindrops from heaven from the sky at that point in time. So what Moses was, not Moses, Noah was saying, it's going to rain. But the people didn't adhere to it. And then finally, when God's prophetic word came to pass, everybody wanted to knock on the, on the ark and get in then, but it's too late. Watch what it says. They heard the alarm, but they ignored it. So the responsibility is what? It's theirs. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. Now, guys, y'all hear me say a lot of stuff, and we cover a lot of different topics. That's why as a pastor, I don't want to just feed you one little area. I want you to know the full counsel of God. So whenever I share a word from the Lord and you hear that word and you ignore that word and then you suffer the consequences of ignoring that word, and guess what? It's on you. But if I refuse to tell you, it's on me, right? If I'm scared to tell it like it T-I-T is, as they say, if I'm scared to tell it in a, in, in, in a, in a, in a very clear and understandable manner and, and, and you get caught up because I didn't tell it, then God's going to hold me accountable. So that's why, guys, I preach the way I preach because I don't want anybody here to go away saying, well, Pastor Adam didn't tell me. He didn't let me know. He didn't, he didn't share with me, amen, the truth of God's word. He made me feel good every Sunday. Listen, I'm going to tell you all something. I don't care if you don't feel good when you leave here. I, as a matter of fact, a lot of time, I don't want you, I want you to go out here troubled, saying, "What am I going to do? I got to make a decision. I got I got I got to make a decision tonight. I got I got to stop this, amen. Because if I keep going this way, I saw what God did to Ohala and ohalaba and I don't want to be like Ohala and if Everybody say Ohala and ohalaba I don't want to be like them." So, so, so when you hear a word, then you have, you have to, you and I both have to make a conscious decision whether or not we're going to follow that word. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be guilty of not telling you. Now, here's what happens sometimes when, you, when, you, when you're on the pastoral teaching. Sometimes you'll get mad and you start saying, don't judge me. How many of y'all know that's real popular nowadays? Don't judge me. babe. I ain't judging you. I'm calling sin, sin. Hello? And I would rather call out sin than for you to go on in sin thinking it's okay Then the Lord start whipping you and then you come to me and tell me, Pastor, how come you didn't tell me? I told you he wasn't no good. When we went through premarital counseling, he couldn't even say, how you got saved? He didn't know his pastor. It's a dead giveaway when somebody said they saved and don't, don't even know their pastor's name. I've had people, I, I'm literally, I'm not talking about spiritually or figuratively. I've had, I've asked the question, who's your pastor? What, they told me what church, they didn't know the pastor's name. If, if that dude don't know his pastor's name, guess what? He ain't going to church. Who's the pastor of Elizabeth Baptist Church? Okay, sin, yeah. <laughs> Clarify it. Now watch this. If, 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 if you're going to marry somebody, young lady, and you say, and they don't have covenant relationship, and you ignore my advice about marrying somebody who, who's exhibited they know Jesus, I'm not talking about they came to Jesus to get you. Because some dudes will come to Jesus to get you. They don't come to Jesus, they come to church. Because they've been told, if you want to find a good woman, go to church. That could be true, and it may not be true, because we got every kind where? In the church. Some of y'all got you a good church-going woman, and it's been hell ever since. You didn't know that she was faking. You didn't know that she really didn't embrace the teaching of the gospel. She just looked apart. So so you you better know who you're getting in the covenant with. I gotta keep moving. They heard the alarm, but they ignored it. So the responsibility is theirs. If we teach you about financial responsibility and you don't follow up on the teachings that's been given when we do our class or when I teach, you know, I, I like to teach about stuff that people are dealing with, and everybody dealing with money issues. Right? So well, if we, if you hear me talking and hear me teaching, but you ignore that and say, I'm gonna spend the way I want to spend. And you keep getting the same results? Come on. Don't get mad at me. Turn to yourself. Because I'm not gonna let God, I'm not gonna get before God and have him tell me what doll Adams why didn't you tell them? Well, I was scared that they may stop giving. Well, they wasn't giving nothing in there. Teach the word. I told y'all, I guys, y'all know what freed me when I learned several years ago that I don't care how hard I preach, that's why I don't get up here and squall and bawl and have a heart attack at 57. Because grown people are gonna do what grown people wanna do. If they don't have a mind to do the word, guess what? They ain't gonna do it. You can you can preach and you can you can you can go. You'll give them a Holy Ghost hug. You can do whatever you want to do. But if they don't have a mind to be obedient to the word of God, guess what? They're going to leave out here. They're going to be shouting amen, go right there and do exactly what they want to do. It's on you. Everybody say it's on me. They heard the alarm but ignored it so their responsibility is there. The responsibility is there. If they had listened to the warning, they could have saved their lives. Watch this next verse. Come on. But if the watchman sees the enemy coming and doesn't sound the alarm to warn the people, he's responsible for their captivity. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. And guys, that's that's a very heavy task. That's a very heavy responsibility. That's why as your pastor, I'm going to teach you, and, and I'm, I'm going to say things, sometimes it may seem a little harsh, but, but, but know this, I'm saying that because I love you. I'm not worried about whether or not you're going to turn me off or fire me as a pastor because I speak the truth. This ain't that kind of church. In case, in case, in case you hadn't realized it, this is not that kind of church. If it was, we couldn't have done the things that we've done up to this point. And not that we've done any so great things, but I'm saying, I know where we used to be, and I know where we are now. I know where I used to be, and I know where I am now. And I thank God for the progress that He's given us as a, as a as a family of faith at Elizabeth Baptist Church here in Benton, Louisiana. Amen. But watch, watch, watch. Let me get let me finish this. They will die in their sins, but I will hold the watchman responsible for their deaths. Look at this next verse. Let's go. It says, Well, now, son of man, I'm making you a watchman for the people of Israel. This is God talking to Ezekiel. Therefore, listen to what I say and warn them for me. Listen to this. He says this. Come on, let's go. If I announce that some wicked people are sure to die, and you fail to tell them to change their ways then they will die in their sins and I will hold you responsible for their deaths. Nine, come on, let's go. But if you warn them to repent and they don't repent, they will die in their sins, but you will have saved yourself. So guess what? I'm, I'm about saving myself. I love you, but I'm gonna save myself. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, church. You know what? I ain't, listen, I'm not going down with you that way. I've heard people say, that's my ride or die, but I don't know what that means. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm going to ride with you, but I ain't going to die with you if you're foolish. <laughs> I, 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 listen, I, I'm being a little facetious. There. I know what that's supposed to mean. In other words, I'm with you. A, 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 a friend will stick closer than a brother, right? A friend loveth at what? All times. A friend is born for time of adversity. In other words, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of any of the deceitment. So I understand what he's saying, but I'm not going to go down and sin with you. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to get off the sin train. I'm not going to go down with you because we've been best buddies since we were in grade school. If you're wrong, you're wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Don't go with me. Don't follow me in the sin. Don't you dare follow me or nobody else in the sin. All right, so so God God's pattern is to restore his people after chasing them for a period of time. That's what the, the, the in, in Ezekiel 37, we don't have time to go there, but the dry bones. He asked Ezekiel, can these, can these dry bones live? Yes, they can. And the dry bone was was, was, was symbolic in the picture of the dead situation that o, Ohala and Oholibah were in. But God says, these dry bones can live. I've told you before, and guys, y'all need to be thinking about it. what area in your life is dead right now? What area in your life is not being prospered? What area in your life is, is, is not being fulfilled? And God says, I want to awaken that dead area. I want to put you back in a place where you are vibrant and you're alive, whether it's your finances, whether it's your relationship, marriage, whether it's your relationship with your children, whether it's your work environment, uh, whether it's your church relationship, whatever it may be. God says, I want to awaken that. I want to resurrect that area. I want you to be alive and well in every aspect of your life. God's pattern is to restore his people after chasing them for a period of time. Because maybe, maybe you feel like you're in a place of chasing them right now. Maybe you made some decisions that were unwise Uh, were ungodly or maybe just you didn't pray about it. And all of us have done that. Come on. All of us have made decisions and we didn't didn't really pray through it. Am I the only one? Am I the only one to sit up in here who made a decision and didn't pray through it? Am I the only one who's lost money because I didn't pray about it? Am I the only one? Am I the only one that's been hurt by people because I didn't pray about it before I helped the person? It's time to live again. It's time to forgive again. Huh? Some of y'all are still dead because you refuse to forgive. That thing happened 20 years ago. And you're still holding against the person 20 years later. It's still mad. How do you stay mad for 20 years? Tell me, pray tell me, how do you stay mad for 20 years? Relationship didn't work because of sin. Y'all divorced, but you're still mad. Still mad 20 years later. Still harboring unforgiveness. We got to forgive. God's pattern is to restore his people after chasing them for a period of time. Next, next point on your, on your outline. We got to get to. God can rescue his people from impossible situations. Everybody say he can rescue us. One thing, you know, I, I can appreciate that God restores you and I following our trials. Y'all know, go, go with me to 1 Peter 3 and 10. 1, 1 Peter 5 and 10 right quick. Let's look at that real quickly. We got to move. 1 Peter 5 and 10. So we, we see that, that God can rescue his people from impossible situations. God restores us, amen, following our trials. Look at 1 Peter 5 and 10. Y'all, are y'all there? Let's read it right quick. It says what? In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of what? Christ Jesus. We get to share in God's eternal glory when we are in a covenant relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord. So after, watch this, so after you have suffered a little while, he will do what? Restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on the what? On a firm foundation. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Have any of y'all ever been restored by God? Have any of y'all had God to support you through your mess? Have any y'all had God to strengthen you after you've been hurt and after, after you've been in a position to where you felt like you couldn't go on? Have anybody ever felt that? Man, when God restores you, what a thing of beauty it is. Because the enemy will keep talking to you trying to keep you uh, in bondage. But God says, listen, I, I, I can rescue you. I can restore you. I can strengthen you and I will support you. So God can rescue his people from impossible situations. Go to Ephesians three and 20. I like this one. It's the one we quote all the time. Ephesians three and 20. Watch this. God can restore his people from impossible situations. And that's what he's prophetically. That's what he's saying in Ezekiel. We're going to see that Ezekiel is talking not only about a uh, 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 a, a somewhat of an uh, uh, immediate deliverance, but he's he's speaking prophetically into the future. He's talking about the fact that that one day, uh, God is going to establish His millennial kingdom. God is still not through dealing with Israel on the prophetic time clock. I've told y'all before that God set aside Israel as the primary mechanism through which He worked to get his kingdom agenda into the earth realm, and he started working through the church. We're in the church age, and God is using the church of the Lord Jesus Christ to advance his kingdom principles. But there's going to come a day when, when the 144,000 are going to go throughout all the world preaching the gospel 144,000 Jews, amen, during that time of great tribulation, sharing gospel kingdom. And they're going to accept Jesus Christ as their true Messiah. Right now, as a whole... The Jewish nation rejects Jesus Christ as being the Messiah. But it's going to come a day when they're going to receive him as such. Can I get a witness? Watch what the text says. And now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Y'all like it from the KJV and I do too. Go to the KJV on Ephesians 3 and 20. We quote it all the time. Glory be to God. It says, now unto him what? That is able to do Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that does what? That worketh in us. So God can rescue His people from impossible situations. God can do anything except fail. Now, lastly, last thing I want to, I want to point to you on this, okay? So if you're in a situation where it seems like it's hopeless or you're helpless, guess what? God can rescue you, God can deliver you from that situation. I don't care how bad it seems. I don't care how many times you've tried and failed before. God is able to do it. He just waited on you to believe it. Point number three. Last one. We got to go. Rejoice. Christ will reign among his people. Christ will sit on the throne. Christ will, will have his place of authority in the Millennium Kingdom. Now before we get there, that's, that's where we know that eventually he's gonna reign in the Millennium Kingdom, but guess where else he wants to reign? He wants to reign in us. He wants to have a place of first authority. He wants to have a place of preeminence in our life. He wants to allow your baby to use you like he wants to use you. He wants the baby to use you, Yvonne, like he wants to use you, Gary wants you, Katie, he wants to use you the way he wants to use you. He, want, he wants all of us to surrender our will to his will. Amen? He's going to reign among his people. Christ is going to be evident in our lives. Go with me to, second, to, to Titus chapter number two, verse 12 and 14, and we're going to finish. Titus chapter number two, verse 12 and 14. Christ will reign among his people. So as Ezekiel got to the end of this chapter, God, here's what I like about God. He was talking about his judgment coming, but he didn't leave him hanging. When you got to the end of Ezekiel, he, he moved from talking about judgment to restoration. And guys, let me tell you something. If you've never experienced God's restoration power or redemptive power, you don't know what you're missing. When God redeems you, when he restores you, when he takes you out of that pit that you're in, when he gets you out of that mess that you were all bound up in, when, you, when he takes you out of that muck and mire clay of sin, it is an awesome feeling to have freedom. Amen. Amen. Can I get a witness? I was I was watching uh, 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 this guy Michael Cohen, who was you know the, the president's ex lawyer, and he said something. And and, and when he said it, 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 first of all, it, it kind of struck me. He said this. He says. Today I got my freedom. Now he—they just sent him the three years in jail, but he said I'm free. Now the dude had, had done some some dash silly things, had lied and covered up a whole bunch of stuff. But you know what? Why he could say that I believe It's because when you start when you stop lying and start speaking truth about the situation, there's freedom in truthfulness. When you stop covering up, stop pretending like it's one thing when it's really not. When you stop lying to yourself and everybody else, you'll feel free. You'll get free. I thought that was very, very, do get ready to go to prison for three years. But he says, I'm free for the first time in a long time. And what God is saying is, be honest with yourself. Quit pretending like you're really okay when you're not and get together with some prayer warrior, some, somebody who can help you, shepherd you through that dry period that you're in. Stop lying to yourself and everybody else and be honest. When you start being honest, you can experience freedom. Watch this. And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with what? Wisdom, righteousness, and what? Devotion to God. Verse 13 and 14, and we go on. While we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. Verse 14 says what? He gave his life to do what? To free us from every kind of sin. To do what? To cleanse us and to make us his very own people, totally committed to doing good deeds. Folks, it's time to live again. It's time to live again. It's time to come out of bondage and start living, amen, a God-fearing life. It's time to live again. Everybody here bowed everybody close. Come on, get the Lord a hand of praise.